And so therefore, he instituted the church, not man. God instituted the church. The Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church, that he might have preeminence. Now, I know I've shared this with you, and I'm going to preach really fast. I preached a little too long this morning. Can I get a witness? Wow, y'all being kind. Verse 23, notice, if you continue in the faith, grounded. Now, brother, when I went off to Bible college, and I know I've shared this, but it was really something that I couldn't understand, but I do now. When I first went off to Bible college, I mean, for weeks and months, they just pounded on, don't quit, stay faithful, don't quit, don't quit. Well, I didn't have any idea of going and, and leaving my hometown and going off to Bible college to quit. I went to stay. I went to finish. I went to graduate. But I'm going to be honest with you. I've learned that it's easier said than done. I'm not talking about graduating. I'm now saying being in the ministry, I know why the Lord says that if we will continue in the faith, grounded and settled, because I'm going to tell you something right now. I've been in this thing 26 years now, and I'm going to tell you right now, I've seen a lot not be grounded and settled. And I've seen a lot not continuing in the faith. And by the way, we all need to be humbled and we all need to guard our hearts and we all need to keep our relationship with the Lord very sweet because it could be us. So the Bible says if we continue in the faith, grounded and settled. Grounded and settled. So we talked about what are some things we can find in this passage that can help us Stay grounded and settled in the church. Well, the first week I preached to you on we ought ought to love the church. Everything comes from love. The motivation of love. We love the church. By the way, it's not a building. This is where the Tiftonia Baptist Church meets, but this is not the church. The church is going to be going out all over Chattanooga and Georgia tomorrow. We love our church family. We love what God has put together here. It's our ministries here. What God has brought a group of people together to carry out His work. We ought to love His church. We ought to love it as a choice. It is a choice. Our love should be constant. Our love should cause us to do and to serve. And to, as I said this morning, love causes us to to give each other grace. Love causes things. Love is the greatest motivator. You check it through history, it's the greatest motivator. People have fought for land. They fought for popularity. They fought for dominance. But I'm going to tell you something. What motivates, what trumps all the motivations is love. We ought to do it because we love the Lord. We love His church. We love what He's instituted. And the reason we love the church is because of who founded it. The founder. So we talked about love the church. Then we talked about last week that we ought to learn lessons from the church. If we're going to stay grounded and settled, we ought to realize we're learning lessons from the church. We're getting hungry for the Word of God, the will of God, the work of God, and the worship of God. But tonight I want to talk to you about this. We want to talk about how can we, what can be said tonight, what can be in His Word to help us to stay in the faith, to continue in the faith, and grounded and settled in the gospel. And then we love our church, to be grounded and settled in the church. All right, here you go. Y'all ready? Here it is. We got to lift up the church to others. We ought to lift up the church for us. Now listen, for years, for years, for years, I don't know exactly how many, and maybe there was different time slots of years that I can remember when someone would talk about their church 
or they would talk about their the people in their church or their it would be negative in connotation. And there was a long period of my life where I heard if I heard something and I would hear a negative connotation. Now, I loved Greystone Baptist Church. We loved being there in Lewisburg. But it seemed like during that period of time in that area of West Virginia, it seemed like in those seven and a half, eight years that I was there, I heard more negativity about churches than I heard positively. I don't know exactly why that was, but I, as I was studying for this message, I was trying to think back. But I knew when I was in the ministry, I was combating that because I got to a place that when I would talk to somebody that was a Christian, they belonged to a church, it seemed like it, if I'd run into them in Kroger, if I ran into them in a store, if something was brought up about a church or their church, and it didn't even have to, need, it didn't even have to be Greystone Baptist Church. It was just a church. It seemed like it was very prevalent that all I ever heard was something negative. Now, by the way, that's very easy for us to do because that's our nature, isn't it? That's our nature. If, if someone was to hold up uh, this piece of paper, of course it's got writing on it, but if you look at this white shirt, and if I had one dot on it, and I probably do, but if I had one dot on it, what's most people's eyes going to be trained on? They're going to see that one dot. Well, did you see that stain that the pastor had on his shirt? But you didn't talk about the 99.9% of this shirt that ain't got a dot on it. It's just our nature. It's just who we are. But I want to encourage y'all, get out of it. Don't stay there. Because there's, yes, I know there's some things, and I'll be the first to tell you. Tiff Tony Baptist Church, we've got a lot of improvement to make, but I'm going to tell you something right now, there's a lot going on goods around here too. And I believe I'd be lifting up the church to others. I would be picking on things or talking about things that are a great blessing. Why? Because he's saying you need to stay faithful and grounded and settled. And I've never seen anybody that stays long if all they ever do is criticize things. They don't stay long anywhere. I don't care if it's a job. I don't care if it's a store that you used to shop in. And it certainly is not going to be a church. So we're talking about grounding and settling a church. So we have to lift up the church to others. Can I say? We ought to be sharing its message. And by the way, I want y'all to know something. I know based on the Sunday school teachers who taught this morning in here. Brother Cobby. The Altizers were strengthened and encouraged. They're talking about how wonderful the Sunday school lesson was and how they were encouraged. And I know, not only Brother Cobby, but every man that comes up here and speaks behind this pulpit, the, the, mess, the, the Sunday school lesson I heard downstairs this morning was an encouragement. And I know every one of our Sunday school I know all of our teachers that work with the children. Listen, I know that we have a message that people need to hear. Yeah. They need to hear it. If we'd start just telling people the message of our church, and what is that? The gospel, the greatest news we've ever heard. Amen. The greatest news we've ever heard. I'm going to tell you right now, there would not be one person getting discouraged. There wouldn't one person say, oh, is that what's going on down at your church? Well, let me tell you what we preach at our church. Amen. 
Let me tell you the message of our church, and it is that we're all born sinners, but praise God, He loved us so much, He sent His Son. He came willingly to die, bleed and die, and go to an old rugged cross, pray, pray, pay for our sins that we might be saved. That's good news. But I wonder how many people are actually sharing that, and oh, here's what most church members share, and I'm not saying here. I thank God for our church family. And I want to commend you, I've not ever, I don't think ever had to, well, I, I don't think, I wouldn't say never, but very, very, very rarely have I ever had to look on Facebook and see somebody putting up something negative about the church. By the way, that's not what Facebook should be used for. Somebody say amen. Amen. But I, I just say, we ought to lift up the church. Why? Stay on the message. The message is enough. We ought to be sharing our message of the gospel. Of a seeking Savior. Christ is all I need. Amen. Hey, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hey, thank God. You young ladies that sang, all of you encouraged me tonight. Man, all of you. That was a blessing. What I mean, that right there needs to be lifted up and say, hey, well, let me tell you what our children are learning at church. They're learning the Word of God. They can actually recite and mem they're memorizing Scripture. You want to stay grounded and settled? Then lift and share the message. Share the message. Hey, this is something. Share the message of salvation. How many of y'all glad somebody shared the message of salvation with you? Amen. Share it. Y'all know the story. Tom Sexton was hired by Dr. Robertson. And I know this is true. Brother Tom told me about it. He said he was walking down the hall one day and Dr. Faulkner put his arm around his shoulder. He said, hey, Brother Tom, go by the office and pick up your check. Tom said, well, what for? He said, Dr. Robertson hired you. He said, well, what for? He said, you'll have to go talk to him. So he ran Dr. Robertson down. He said, Dr. Robertson, uh, Dr. Faulkner just told me to go by the finance office and pick up a check. You hired me. He said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, well, what do you hire me to do? Dr. Robertson stopped. Because, you know, he was always walking. He's always going to do something. His schedule was something. But he stopped. He said, Brother Tom, he said, there's one or two reasons why people aren't getting saved. He said, number one, he said, the gospel has lost its power. Or number two, they're not being told. He said, which do you think it is? He said, well, Dr. Robertson, it's they're not being told. He said, that's your job. Amen. That's our job. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask everybody here tonight, when's the last time we told somebody that? Lift up the message of the gospel that Jesus Christ died for your sin. People won't talk about the gospel. They're not even talking about the gospel. They're not even living the gospel. They're not even sharing the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus Christ died for our sins. And he paid the price that we can go free. People need to hear that. Who's going to tell them? We need to tell them. Say, so, oh, Pastor Mark, I don't know how to speak. We all know how to talk. We all know how to talk. We all talk. And let me simplify it. Everybody here, if you've been saved, you have a story. Tell your story. Your story is, what was your life before Jesus? Then what 
happened with you when you met Jesus Christ and how you met Him. And by the way, you met Him the same way everybody else does. You met Him by faith. And then you tell people what a change He's made since you met Him. Because He has. Lift up your church. Share the message of salvation. Hey, lift this up. We have a message of hope. Now, I don't know about y'all. I get discouraged when I go to the grocery store. Well, my wife comes back, and she's, we've done a pickup or something, and, and she knows me well. I don't normally ask because it bothers me. Say, so how much was that? <laughs> and, you know, she's always, well, it was, you know, and, and she, she rounds them things up. But to be honest, I'm going to be honest with you, it's an absolute shame. Where we are today in America. You go to the grocery store, you got to hawk a limb just to pay for something. And you go up here to the gas station, I'm thankful it's at least it's went underneath $3 now. But boy, I tell you what, all we want to do is sit around and talk about that. But y'all know what? One day I ain't going to need a drop of gas. One day here after a while, I'm not going to have to go up here to Walmart and buy a drop of groceries. I'm going to be in heaven and all of my needs are going to be taken care of and this too shall pass. I've got hope. we got hope. But when I look at these children down here, I don't think we ought to be bombarding these children with a bunch of bad news. Let's tell them how much opportunity they have in Jesus. The hope that they have. We need to be sharing the message of hope. What did you hear about what's going on down there at the church? Yeah, I'm going to tell you what's going on. I just heard a message of hope. Boy, I'll tell you what, they won't come to you no more. (laughs) See, that's why some people come to the same people all the time because they know how they're going to react. You know, I learned in Bible college that one of the professors there told me, I never heard it like that. He said, if someone comes to you and starts trying to gossip, say, look at that person and say, hey, ma'am or sir, these ears aren't trash cans. Message of hope. How about we lift that up? Message of hope. We got a message of salvation. Hey, here's a good one. Y'all ready? We got a message. The Bible tells us right here that we were once enemies of God, but he reconciled us. You know what? We have a message of reconciliation. You know what that means? He cleans us up. He fixes us up. And where we weren't useful, he makes us useful. Can I say to everybody here, I don't care what your past is. I just kept so many people out of church. Oh, I'll tell you what, I can't go down there. With the truth known, if everybody knew everybody's past, not a one of us would be here. I love it. The other day, Brother Benny Allen, it's just this simple. Brother Benny Allen, he said it so many times. I meant to say it this morning. But Brother Benny, who I went and preached for just a couple weeks ago, he pastored a church up on the mountain. By the way, that was where Derek and Missy was at when Derek was called into the ministry. And uh, I was up there. I've been up there now for 15 years straight. And I love it. Benny gets up and he gives the invitation this way. He said, look, it's just this simple. And it is simple. He said, if you ain't doing right, start doing right. If you ain't been doing what you been need to be doing, he said, just do it, do it, get it done tonight, and just start doing right. And that seems simple, but that's how it works. And the Lord helps us and reconciles us, and he, he, we, where we once were enemies of God, he makes us children. 
That's what we need to be telling people. Well, what's going on at your church? Well, we just seen somebody pass from death into life. We just seen somebody last week give their heart to the Lord and surrender their life and, and uh, he, he made, got assurance of his salvation, rededicated his life, and now he wants to live for the Lord. That's the kind of stuff we need to be sharing. Reconciliation. Lift it up. Hey, how about forgiveness? Hey, we got a message. The world don't understand this. And I'm going to be honest with you, the Christians don't really understand. We've never tapped into it quite. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm, I've done my best, and I want to be a forgiving person, but I've not tapped into it all. I don't fully understand it. That's a beautiful thing. I think about what we've done to the Lord Jesus Christ and the kind of people we've been, but He's forgiven us never to bring it up again. He's cast my sin as far as the east from the west and see where she would say, well, I'll tell you what, that's crossed the line. Someone's done something too bad. Well, I thank God he hasn't said that to me. We have a message of forgiveness that we need to be lifting up and giving people, hey, you've messed up. All right, there's a God who will forgive. And by the way, we're not as easy to do it. But if God forgives, we need to forgive. And we have to have God's help and enablement to help us to do that. We're not going to do it on our own. We don't have the desire to do it on our own. But God will work in our heart to help us to forgive like we should. That's a message that needs to be told. Hey, what are y'all doing on our tiptoeing about the church? Well, we just seen somebody forgiven. And guess what? We not only just seen so-and-so forgiven. Let me go ahead and hit this one. I've been forgiven for all my sin too. That's a message that needs to be told. Hey, what's going on under that church? Did you see what the... Y'all know. Here it is. I don't have my phone with me. Now we don't have to call and tell people. We can just text people. Wonder what was going on at the church. Respond to them like this. Hey, somebody just got saved. They just got forgiven. Hey, we need to share this message. We need to share the message of salvation, the message of hope, the message of reconciliation, the message of forgiveness. Hey, how about this? The message of joy. I got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. Y'all ready? And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the joy of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the joy of Jesus in my heart. Y'all got it? Amen. Good. Stone, keep it there. Share it. Share the joy. What are they doing under their church? Well, I don't understand everything that's going on there, but I'm going to tell you something about them people. They got something that sustains them even through their darkest of nights. It's joy. See, happiness and sadness comes and goes. That is an emotion. Happiness and, and, and it is based on happenings. But joy remains. Amen. I want you to know we have a message of joy. 
Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because of that, I can have joy. Can I say a message of joy? Then let me just say this. We have a message that we need to be getting out that we have an opportunity to live a victorious Christian life. Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Y'all know y'all's on the winning side? Amen. How many of y'all say? Amen. You're going to be a winner. Amen. You're already a winner. Amen. You're a winner. We're going to be riding in white horses. Amen. We're going to be coming back with him. Hey, listen to me. I'm telling you right now, we're going to live with him forever. But until we get there, he's given us victory down here too. And I'm thankful we can live victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story. We can have victory in Jesus. Down here, he can give that. We need to share with people. I'll tell you right now, Brother Jim, you might be working with somebody and say, Brother Jim, I'll just tell you right now, I just can't get victory over something in my life. Well, let me help you with something. I know you'll never be able to have victory over it, but I'll tell you who can give you victory in that. Jesus can. Amen. And that might be all you get. That might be all he needs to say and leave it alone. That might be just the first introduction. And I, and I know Jim works with, I think, all saved people. Amen. So that's for you. Let's say you're at work one day and someone comes up to you. So I'll tell you right now, I know there was a man used to be here. And he said, look, the first time that I ever got convicted about the Lord Jesus, he said, I was in a mess in my life. He said, I was working. And he said, a co-worker, he said, I was just sitting there talking about how bad it was and the things going on in my life. And he said, this man had enough wisdom as he was working with me. He said, he was a good Christian man. He, all he said, the very first thing and the only thing he said, because I think sometimes we try to pound too much on people. We've got to have wisdom. But this man, all he said to him was, he said, well, he said, Jesus can help you with that. He said, the man just turned around and walked away. Didn't say another word. But he said, boy, that the Lord used that in my heart and in my mind. He said, it started convicting me. He said, then I've seen a real bad car accident. And he said, I got to thinking. He said, a man come to my window and said, there's two people's died up here in this car wreck. And he said, between those two things, he said, that got me under such conviction. See, the Lord will work in people's hearts. Yeah. I want you to know, we have a, we have a message of vict a victorious life. We need to share it. Quickly, I'm going to close. Not only should we share, lift up this church and what its message is to others, we have message, church, salvation, hope, reconciliation, forgiveness, hey, joy, victory. But can I say, we ought to be ground and settled in the church because it gives us strength. Yes, yes. Gives us strength. I want you to think about it. strength. First of all, there's strength in numbers. Now, if y'all have ever watched anything in, uh, in history, I remember, and I can't remember if it was Pontiac or crazy horse or one of them, but I remember in American, Native American history, uh, in my book, I can remember that chief took up a stick and showed it to all of his uh, tribes and said, look, if we fight alone, he snapped that twig. But then he went and got all those tribes together, but he said, here's your tribe, my tribe, and he said, we try to snap it. He said, they try to snap it together. It's harder to snap. It's the same with the church. You say, Pastor, are you about numbers? Well, there's, num there's strength in numbers. I'd rather have 20 praying than one. So when you say, Pastor, why should we stay ground and settled? Your attendance here is strengthening somebody else. It will encourage somebody else. 
Man, and I know I can't, look, you don't need to do it for me, but I'm going to tell you all right now, you being here encourages me. I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to tell you all right now. I'm sitting right here in this chair. I'm getting ready for service. And I'm, you know, just preparing in my mind different things. But when I see them doors start to open. And people start walking in. And then when I look and say, I see and realize some of the folks that are here, they know they need to be here. Because they know life and death depends on whether they're here or not. This is serious business, amen? amen? And there's strength in numbers. Can I say this? We get strengthened by the encouragement. I don't know of one teacher that we have or any ministry we have here that leave you here discouraged. Y'all ever watched a movie and man, the ending you couldn't stand? You're like, man, that was a great movie, but it was a bad ending. Yeah. I don't think you've ever come to church and ever laughed and said, man, that was a bad ending. I've never, I know this for a fact. I've never gotten up and tried to discourage anybody. And I know every teacher that we have here, their goal is not to get up and discourage anybody. Their goal is to encourage you. And I know the way the people that I have to preach here and the people that we have preaching here and teaching here, look, we have strength and encouragement here at the church. Being around our church family. Being able to shake hands, being able to say, hey, I've been praying for you this week. Hey, boy, it's good to see you. Hey, I want you to know you being here tonight's encouraged me. That's encouraging, and listen to me, it will help us to stay grounded and settled. Then quickly, I want to say, we can be strengthened from the promises that God's given the church. I am so thankful for this promise. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That's all we need, church, right there. We're tied up and linked up on something that will be forever. It will never be defeated. God's work that he has ordained through local churches, that is his work. Here's what's amazing to me. He lets us be a part of it. So we're definitely on the winning side. Hey, nothing will prevail against the church. Why? The Lord Jesus said, I will build my church. And we all need to remember that. It's him doing the building. It's not my church. It's his church. He's doing the building. That's why we need to pray to the founder of the church and he puts the people that he wants to be here to help us here in his work. Amen. Let's lift up the church. If you want to stay grounded and settled, you're not going to talk about every negative thing that's going on here. There's plenty here. You know why? Because there's people here. Let's just be honest. And here's what I love to say to people that love to nitpick on everybody else. You better thank God others ain't doing it to you. Because, by the way, that goes both ways. I'll close with this. There was a preacher that came in my office one day, and he looked at me. He said, have you ever noticed when somebody wants to compare themselves, they never compare themselves to the Apostle Paul? 
They never compare themselves to Jesus. They always find somebody that's no longer in church anymore or maybe not living the right kind of life and they want to compare themselves to them. No, how about we compare ourselves to Christ? Because the Bible says, by the way, they were first called Christians. Why? Because they followed Christ. And when we tell someone we're a Christian, they have every right to think that we live like Jesus. God help us. Amen. How many of y'all glad you're a part of a New Testament Bible preaching church? I am too. Now let's lift it up. Let's talk about the positive things. Let's talk about the message. If you can't talk about anything else, you can talk about the message. How many of you glad? How many of you was in a church building when you got saved? Would you raise your hand? You was in an actual church building. Would you raise your hand? Would y'all do me another favor? Would you stand up just a second? I'd like to just see the right. You were actually in a church building when you got saved. Now look at that. Think of that. Praise God. But all of us were saved because of a ministry of a local church. So let's, let's, let's lift up God's work to a law.